what do you need more? Ain't it hard keeping it so hardcore? I'm falling. In all the bad times, good times, I find myself longing for change. In all the bad times, I fear myself. I'm off the deep end, watch as I dive in. I'll never leave the ground. To, cut to Gaga, um, you know, just Sammy's cut shaking, her just shaking her body. And I do wish I would have watched that. It's you gotta look no, it up. It's I will. I was. I kept trying I've to go to bed. Memes. I kept trying to go to bed because I was really tired, and then I was like, I gotta see Gaga. Yeah. And then I couldn't go to sleep because <laughs> truly her performance was gonna give me nightmares. Do you think she did terrifying. that so that it would be very different from the Oscars performance? I. I feel like she tried to do something different. I, I think do so. think so. I'm very curious what it'll be like tonight. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I told Mallory that um, apparently she she felt so connected to her character as Allie that as soon as filming was over, she like turned her hair blonde again and like oh. so she could separate as much as she possibly could. And so yeah. I think for the Grammys, since she was Lady Gaga, she played it as right. Lady Gaga, yeah. and then right. hopefully tonight she'll play it like she Allie. Do it as Allie. Allie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. No convulsing. Yeah. No nightmarish. That'd be Facial great. expressions. Yeah, honestly. But I yeah. read somewhere that Bradley Cooper said he lost the Jackson main character. Like, what like put him to bed. Yeah, like he can't access Jackson anymore. Whoa. So we'll see how it is. But I, that maybe that's how Lady Gaga is. Maybe. But maybe, so maybe tonight will just tonight. be full on just like new people. Like a new interpretation of it. Yeah. Yeah. Check out the Oscars. Um, <laughs> they're also known as the Academy <laughs> Awards. Yes. Uh, they... <laughs> It's um, the words in film. In film. Yes. In the highest caliber in cinema. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Amen. (laughs) Amen. That's why actually Marie and I came to Nashville was so we could watch the Oscars with Monica. Yeah. Honestly, that's like going to probably be the highlight for me. I mean, when I found out that it was going to coincide, I was like, it's it's kismet. It is. Yeah. Oh, I I realized it really early on and I texted you very excited. No, I'm excited. We love being part of the conversation. <laughs> we do. We do. We love. We love the film, but we also love the social, social and cultural elements yeah, exactly. that go along with that. Marie and exactly. I like to say being a part of the conversation. We do. We like Me to too. talk about things, even if we don't really have a lot of passion for right. it. Just the Super Bowl. The well, you you're probably more into the Super Bowl than I am. No, but you know, not really. The Grammys, the Emmys, the Oscars. The, the, the different Bowl. movies within right. the nominations. Right. Even if it's not something it's you like, want to see, be it's something that you do to be part of the conversation. 
we 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 must all be a part exactly of the greater conversation mm-hmm. for sure amen <laughs> um, you that's might why we're here leather home. jacket it might make oh is it noise. i was wondering yeah. if mine is too should um, i take it off i mean if you want to i feel like i Unless hear it cold. it is i am a little cold i'll just chill. like drape it over myself yeah i also have blanket. a sweater in the car i could maybe run out and grab um <coughs> what did you guys say about me um, well, we actually didn't talk about yeah. you at all, so oh. <laughs> that hurts more. Yeah. Well, I wanted to like say something as you were leaving, so you could hear it and be like, "That's not true." Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. but I, you kind of you kind of bolted out of here, so I, I did didn't bolt. have a chance. And then I had trouble with the door. Zach oh. and Zach were outside, you? being like, oh. "Everything okay?" Their names <laughs> are both Zach. Yeah, the yes, drummers. They're Zach? both Zach. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They they both thought something was going on. I didn't realize the door opened out. Mm. So yes. I tried to pull. Right. I needed Just to push. Once you can't pull. Yeah. Those who can't pull must push. You know? <laughs> Those, who can't, Those teach, who can't teach teach gym. Am I right? right? <laughs> Joshua with you. Let's rock. Let's, Let's rock, rock today. today. <laughs> it's a really long handshake. I'll teach you the rest later. Get going. <laughs> I'm not cool enough. I'm not cool enough. People in best are cool. Oh man, cool. this is gonna be the whole interview. Yeah, just we had a whole debate. Rock. I like I had a whole debate with my siblings about whether it's let's rock, let's rock today, or if it's let's rock, let's rock, let's rock today. Oh, oh no, first it's one. definitely yeah, two. it's definitely yeah, the definitely first two. one. Yeah. I know, I knew it was who the first had the one. audacity to say it was three. <laughs> <laughs> you, wow. oh Pete, he at first thought it was three, and we were like, no, it's no. let's rock, let's, let's rock, rock today. today. Yeah, and he goes, boop, and then he goes, do it to me. Exactly. Slap it, shoot it, kaboot it three times. Slap it, shoot it, kaboot it. Sort of a long handshake, get going. Is that how you guys discovered your passion for music? Yes. Um, Truly. We um, sat down, we watched School of Rock. That's what I And we said, this is it. This is it. I mean, it's it wasn't not part of our <laughs> Yeah, story. it's not part of my, it's not not part of my story. Totally. As I a, mean. As a musician. Freddie certainly uh, fueled my desire to play the cajon. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever crush on him? I did. He yeah. was like the bad boy with yeah, the, I was gonna with say the, the spiky hair. Confidence was kind of attractive. Yeah, yeah, the spiky blonde hair. Right, he's yeah. like nine. You and I both like. He liked to burn stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he did like <laughs> to burn stuff. And then when he has the giant symbols, and he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pushing them together. Yeah, exactly. Like you just know he has troubles at home that like you want to help solve. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> always, like, I know I could always fix thinking you. about yeah. the psychological aspect. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mal actually did perform the School of Rock. Thing at a talent show though you did? did yeah I the entirety did. How old were you? uh oh i was like 18 <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> it was not a part of the competition no it was it was during deliberations oh. um i was told okay you're you may need to fill some time because i was a senior and i was i had a, i was in a couple different acts mm-hmm. and um yeah miss carlson our drama teacher was like you got to get out there and i did the whole um in the end of time, you did? there was a man. Yeah, I know the whole thing and all the all the inserts. Whoa. And yeah, it. I'd say it was, inserts I, like the little like, the little inner um, like the dialogue. Little, yeah, or the 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 non singing portion. Yes, yes. Um, it was a school talent show. That was the event. Yes, yeah. Trojan, Trojan Idol. Idol. Oh, right, <laughs> ever right. heard of it? <laughs> I don't know. You might have heard of it. It's, um, uh, Monica and I were it's, um, winners. American Idol is based off of Trojan Idol. Um, yeah. 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 It was actually started at Trinity Valley School. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was the School of Rock song was was well received. I think it came. Yeah, definitely. It, it broke up. It broke up Some the show nerves. in a nice way. Yeah. And, you know, people are nervous about results. And so it was a good distraction. Right. It was a good way to be yeah. like, this is not everything. Yes. School of Rock, though, is everything. Is everything. Did you two win? awards at the idol <gasps> we, yeah. you cleaned up we 
I mean, I cleaned up that year because I was I got first and third. Um, oh. My boyfriend at the time and I and mm. another guy did a, a song, and then Phil um, Wickham, you're beautiful. Yep. Shout out oh. to Phil Wickham. Shout yeah. out to the worship music. Yep. And Monica and I got third for another worship, worship song, <laughs> Barlow Girl. Uh, Barlow Girl. I need you to love, love me. me. Oh. We thought about forming a band called Moser Girl. No, we, we did. did. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did. But uh, I still think you two should take your act on the road. Oh, I well, mean, I know that's. Maybe down the road. Starsborn yeah. style. Yeah. Yeah. Just not in love. In love in a different way. Right. Oh, I was going to say, like, <laughs> like the manager for, and, the, and, like, Bradley Cooper's brother. Oh, yeah. Or right, um, Midge right. and Susie from yeah, Maisel. we could be yeah. Midge and Susie. We addressed our uh, Christmas gifts to each other that way this year. That's cute. Wait, which um, one of you is Midge? Midge. <laughs> Susie. <laughs> uh, for those of you who couldn't see, right. Monica pointed to herself when she said Susie. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What the fuck are you doing in Catskills? I'm in Wait, no. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing in New York and I'm still in the Catskills? I'm going to lose so much uh, momentum. <laughs> Susie, when's our next gig? <laughs> yeah, we, we both have a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah, so um, this is a very <laughs> special episode. Um, it it's my first time I've got two people in the stewed. It's crazy. Um, but my my sister... Miss Mallory Moser is here, and m- her friend and my friend Maria L- Lamagna. I'm yes. saying that right, right? Um, Hello, I everyone. I don't know if I've ever said your last name like publicly. Yeah, you nailed it. Good. They are here from New York City, the Big Apple. They're from the Big Apple, the one and only. They came down to be on the show. I mean, thanks for flying us out. You're welcome. I mean, yeah. I had to shuffle some things around, but um, you know, fitting no, in. We had a really quick. In. I appreciated yeah. that you did first class. It was my first first class flight. Oh, good. Yeah. Did you like? Did you like the complimentary caviar and champagne? I did. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Good. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, you're here for monologue." <laughs> Please write this way, two A and three A. Exactly. And how was the limo driver? Amazing. Limo driver was Francois great. Francois could have been better. Loving um the hotel. She put yeah, us up at agreed. the um at the Four Seasons. Yeah. yeah. Is that even? A thing? I don't think that's even. <laughs> um, no, you put us up at the, uh, at the at the at the no, Hermitage. The Hermitage. Um, yeah, our driver uh, Claudio brought us here. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a. Uh, Oh, sorry. Did, did, did you Francois. Oh, Francois. No, and sometimes Francois he likes Claudio. to be called Claudio. He's had, he's got a double name because he's from the South. Yeah. Francois e- Claudio. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah. So when we said we came here for the Oscars, we we were lying. We right. came here to be on monologue, and yeah. really, yeah, the treatment has just been. I also think it's above. you know you said this is the first time you're having two guests, but you could argue it's really like one guest. I feel like we just finish each other's sentences. Oh. <laughs> We also, yes, and we also (laughs) are trying to be always a part of the conversation. Yeah. (laughs) Always part of the conversation and just a part of each other. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we do, we have, we have a long history, don't we? We do. We've shared a studio, Mm -hmm. shared a bed. And when they say studio, I'm I'm, I'm sure Nashville listeners will be a little confused. You might think a recording studio. True. Um, Correct. Studio, they mean a one person apartment Mm -hmm. in the city. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's (coughs) smaller than a one bedroom. So. We didn't have any sort of wall separating no. ourselves ever, except for the bathroom. Right. So, were there any walls emotionally um, set up between walls? Y'all? Had to walls had to be broken down emotionally yeah. and physically. Yeah. I don't feel like we had a lot of issues. No, we certainly didn't. It was I a think tough period of time in life, but I feel like we were very supportive of each other at the time. We were. We were pursuing different things. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was a tough time. It was a tough transition out mm. of college where. We were we were living our lives yeah. at the top of our game, you know. Yeah, kind of we back to 
to square one freshman yeah. year of life freshman year of life is rough but kind of romantic yeah now looking back is. on it it kind of is yeah, yeah. it definitely was at the time it was I scary know. yeah because you don't know the end result but like yeah looking back i love thinking about mal doing her magnifico giornata <laughs> <laughs> representation oh yes i was a brand ambassador for a very uh shout out to magnifico <laughs> sh- shout out to magnifico feel free to it's an organically us. infused uh sparkling wine i would go and, and conduct tastings and i would get commission off of the bottles i sold sometimes they'd uh, assign me to liquor stores out in who knows where mm-hmm. and being somewhat new to the city i mean i was from the city originally but i wasn't going out to you know like queens the, right. the depths of queens right um to sell this wine mm-hmm. yeah maria really saw a lot of, of of new ventures for me i did as did i you. i fondly i was gonna say definitely goes back and forth but i also fondly recall when you were auditioning for the venezuelan <laughs> <laughs> band Oh, yes. I had to sing uh, both Clarity, mm-hmm. which I, I would give you a rendition, but I'm a little under the weather. Yeah. But it was it was that song Clarity by Zed, mm-hmm. but also a song completely in Spanish yes. that I had to learn. Mm-hmm. And I auditioned at in this like very small space. <laughs> I'm forgetting all of this. I'm so glad it's just coming back. It's up. like yes. burned in my memory. It was like reason. literally this like Spanish ballad. Mm-hmm. It was to be a part of this band that yeah. like performed on cruises and mm-hmm. different venues, resorts. Mm-hmm. Um which I give you so much credit. You were just like no holds barred. Like you would try whatever and you were truly successful. Thank you. I really appreciate that because I, I, it felt a little bit like I was just throwing all caution to the wind. I have to give a shout out to Maria though, who supported me, uh, weekly, uh, when I was a part of a (laughs) Wednesday night singing competition called Stonewall sensation. Mm -hmm. We'd kind of, you know, Wednesday would roll around Mm -hmm. and I'd be like, what do you do it tonight? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coming to Stonewall, and I don't know the speaking Maria of Trojan Idol, it was right. basically it's kind of the glorified. Explain it, Stonewall. Yeah, so Sto- the Stonewall Inn is a very uh, historic gay bar down in the West Village, mm-hmm. and there is a singing competition held uh, pretty regularly, several mm-hmm. times a year. I don't remember what season I was a part of, but uh, really was. I remember it being cold. Oh, you mean like number of <laughs> number? Yeah, wow. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. It was cold. <laughs> My ideal date. It would was be April twenty fourth. It was the fall. All you need is a white It was certainly the fall because yeah. it was one of my, it was maybe my first New York gig. Yeah. Uh, I went down, I sang Sarah Bareilles. Of course. Like I do. Um, got into the competition and then every week there was a different assignment. And I stayed in it because I had friends like Maria who would come down and a drink ticket was a vote. And so it kind of became a popularity contest. Although the judges' votes did get like double yes. weight, I um, think. I'm trying to remember okay. how it all worked. It was kind of a combo. Yeah. You know, it was supposed to start at 9.30. Often didn't start till after 10. Mm-hmm. Often didn't wrap up till after midnight. So I we enjoyed had, it. I enjoyed it, honestly. No, I I, I appreciate it. You did it was, so well. It was a tough time. had a time. different theme every week. Different theme. You know, we had Ariel Sinclair, the mm-hmm. drag queen, who always had a lot to say. Sometimes um, it got quite graphic with... Her. It it did. She she really didn't hold back. Uh, was she was she performing or was she she doing was usually like stand up comedy? She was usually hosting and like oh, emceeing and sometimes yeah. would judge as well. And there were I definitely think. some musical performances. Yes, kind of some interim. There yeah. were some. There were some PG thirteen rated for sure. Uh, I believe like a, a toy that one might purchase at an adult store was yes was probably utilized. was referenced i think it was referenced oh, it was multiple okay, times um, that's that's a big uh differentiation was it utilized oh, or sorry, sorry. it was um no it was 
physically shown. It wasn't oh utilized it was the utilized, wrong word, but, but it was, was shown it was and referenced, shown. Yes. not necessarily utilized to its fullest extent. Correct. But I believe the device made an appearance it, also when uh, Cindy Moser, our I mother, believe, came. I believe it did. Wonderful. Mother Mother Mos- Moser came a couple times to the stone wall mm-hmm. and uh, got to really experience it in its mm-hmm. full form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I made it to the finals. Mm-hmm. Didn't win, but it was really quite a learning, growing yeah. experience for me. And I, I have no regrets. You put yourself out there. No regrets. Maria was hustling in her own way because she was working on landing a job for herself that now you know she's a very successful journalist but at the time it was very tough and you know when you don't have a wall you really see it all and so sometimes when you don't have a wall you you really see it all yeah beautiful uh no it's true we were we were very vulnerable for each other and i think that's just a vulnerable time of life like you have no clue what's going on no clue what your future holds it was scary but we were there for each other we were good yeah, let's go back in time, kind of before that um, that time was happening. Okay, <laughs> for let's. Y'all. How yeah, far let's, back? Let's go back. Let me. Uh, so it's a snowy day in <laughs> 1991. <laughs> was it snowing on your birth? Probably not, because it was April. Yeah, it was, I think it was, it was snowing on my birth. It was a blizzard. Oh, yeah. Poor mom. That sounds horrible. What hospital were you guys born at? The New, New York, York hospital. hospital. <laughs> What's New the York one in hospital? <laughs> it's not here anymore, right? No, it's it's, it's, it's still it's kicking. Still kicking. <laughs> Where? Uh, Upper East Side, like in the '60s. It's not Lenox Hill. No, I'm familiar with Lenox. No, Hill, yeah, but it's but isn't that also in the '60s on the East Side? Yeah. Wow, New York Hospital. No, They're yeah, close. the New York Hospital. Okay, well, they did a great job with you guys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. They did a great job. Yeah, they took care of us well. We came out alive. <laughs> we came out alive, literally. Um, but yeah. So I'm always curious to know. Because in these interviews, I'm interviewing people that are creative in very different ways. Um, but I'm interested to know how you were in high school and kind of that. Because I feel like that's such a shaping time and kind of a time where sometimes you're not really allowed to be yourself. And so kind of who and obviously Mal and I know each other pretty well. Um, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Just a tad. Just a little bit. Um, but yeah, who were you in high school? I'm going to start with Maria over Ooh, here. Okay. So I went to a huge high school in okay. Indiana. So it was like between four and 5,000 students total, like very big. Um, and I would say I didn't really feel like I had much of a set identity in high school, which was hard. I think I kind of took the bachelor approach, which was like, I'm not here to make friends. Like, I think I was kind <laughs> of like, I'm here to get into the best college I can get into. I was totally an overachiever. Um, was your school like that or was that just you? In it was. School? You could definitely find that. It was yeah. like definitely a high achieving school there were a lot of I don't know like a lot of students went there because it was a public school but a lot of people went there because it had a lot of AP classes and whatever but yeah so I um kind of knew like oh I want to get into as good of a college as I can and I um was on the soccer team which was considered to be cool but I was like the least cool person on the soccer team for (laughs) sure But I was good, so I'm gonna pat myself on the the back for that. The soccer team were cool. That's like yeah. I mean, a lot of them like ran in a faster crowd and had wanted nothing to do with me. But Uh, I just saw them at they were missing out. They were (laughs) missing out. Thank you. Um, So that made me slightly cooler. But besides that, I was definitely like in the honors and AP classes. Yeah. I I was also on the school newspaper staff, which I enjoyed. I was also in this other thing that was like 
you welcome new students to the school and it was actually cool like it sounds kind of weird but shout out Greyhound Connections yes Greyhound Connections. <laughs> yes. you're sort of like like a PA group yeah exactly exactly school. yeah you're like shout out to PA groups at Northwestern <laughs> yeah like you're there to welcome tr- students that transferred it's basically. just like TT um, at Belmont yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so mm. I would say like I was a student athlete that was out there trying to achieve my dreams mm-hmm. um did I cry a lot at school? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was stressed beyond belief. Like, I honestly think high school was harder for me than college. I, Same. like, was so stressed out. Yeah. yeah. In different ways, I feel like. Yeah, true. Yeah. True. Mm-hmm. So did you find your kind of creativeness within school or was it outside of school or kind of where did you start cultivating that? Yeah, I have to say, I don't think creativity was a big part of my high school experience at all. Mm-hmm. I think I was so driven to just, like get the A's get the whatever I needed to do I almost thought of it as being transactional like Mm -hmm. I was so like what do I need to get on my report card what do I need to get on my SATs in and out like I was not there to explore my creativity and honestly that's a huge regret like I actually wish in high school and college I would have given myself a little bit more freedom to experiment with classes and stuff Mm -hmm. like I think I was very I definitely chose classes that were safer that I thought I could get an A in like I don't think I was spending a lot of time just letting my mind grow and that's a regret because yes. I think I was just so focused on the end goal yeah I think maybe Mallory was similar <laughs> yeah oh, uh, what a segue right yeah Mal and I went to a school that was very college preppy yeah yeah and, but it was a lot a smaller do you know about how I like really technically didn't get into Trinity Valley they just kind of yeah, let me in I did really of. bad on like the Aww. like the getting in test I think I was really nervous yeah, I was gonna say I'm sure it was just a bad test right because I'm, I'm brilliant so I don't you know are, why. you are <laughs> just kidding but it was like, <laughs> but I think they let me in because of you. They were kind of like, she didn't really do that well, but like, but we think she'll wait, be fine. Yeah, and obviously I was, but like, it's just funny to think that's that. funny. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, it was like a sorority. It was like, um, you were you were a you were a, uh, I was a legacy called? legacy. Yeah. Yeah. You're a Mal legacy. Yep. A Moser legacy. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Mallory kind of had that same mentality as well. I mean, but you can speak to that too. Just kind of the yeah really. Wanted to get all the A's and totally um, nice to meet you, Monica. Um, <laughs> my name is Mallory. Uh, <laughs> I certainly had definitely a, the achiever mm-hmm. mindset and the kind of uh, outcome oriented yeah. uh, mindset in terms of you know my mom used to joke you know when we'd come home from school she'd ask Monica how her day was and ask me how my day was and Monica would talk about all the things she learned and I would talk about all the grades I got (laughs) so um certainly was had had kind of that like straight a mindset Mm -hmm. like I gotta get the grades but I also um I also enjoyed school and I did enjoy learning Mm -hmm. I think that uh my priorities were more in kind of the outcome but I I did like going to school and I liked the social aspect mm-hmm. of it you know it was a smaller school but I, I I was plugged into a lot of different groups and I, I think that's something that's carried on to my adult life is mm-hmm. that I had kind of my core group but most of my core group in my grade were not uh really creative not artistic until I really plugged into uh a group that was mostly dancers mm-hmm. so a lot of my girlfriends in high school were dancers first Mm -hmm. and I started going to that dance studio shout out Diane West Um, but I started going to that that dance studio but my my passions and interests were mostly in singing and acting Mm -hmm. so I was always doing the shows I mean my first show at Trinity Valley was well fifth and sixth grade you did smaller stuff right and then seventh eighth grade 
they always did a fully blown like you know produced mm. musical so seventh grade was a musical review called gi jive Ooh. all like all different like military you know, military themes. Themes. really so, yeah so i sang a song called gi jive they Whoa. did you know uh, someone to watch over me. Yeah. And, mm. uh, well, the funniest thing with that was I got the f- first kind of taste of <laughs> being in a like having a sister that was <laughs> a performer because the fourth graders got to go see it, Aww. and everyone was like, "Monica, look, <gasps> that's." And I'm like, y- "I know." Like, <laughs> and it, it's it's funny because you don't know how to react because yeah. you're like, "Of course, yeah." <laughs> like, um, so, but it's like, "Yeah, I know." Yeah, yeah, right. Like, she sings. That's how I felt too. Like, oh I was. God, I feel like I'm the you in the situation because my older sister did uh, theater and she was so great. So I feel like I had similar experiences where I was like, I must suck because she's amazing. And like people would be like, wow, look at your sister. And I'd be like, yeah, she sings Wicked at our house 24 seven. Right. (laughs) Like, I I know this about her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's funny. But um, yeah, so I, I did. Then we did Guys and Dolls in eighth grade. And then actually my freshman year was the first time the high school ever did a musical we did um it was mostly straight plays and mm-hmm. uh our director at the time who i really loved liked to do a lot of <laughs> exotic kind of off the beaten oh. path type of shows i've definitely been in some some plays that uh i still don't really understand okay. really okay. what what happened in them but um <laughs> uh, you know definitely was a growing experience um and yeah i think for me i started to look ahead at the people that were graduating before me, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was always very infatuated by the older classes of, of drama people graduating. There was kind of that senior class when I was a freshman and then some people at my dance studio that I really looked up to. And I was really looking like, okay, where are they going to college and what are the best programs? And I'm going to do that. And, you know, ended up at Northwestern, not really, not, it, I ended up at Northwestern and it was not really a planned thing I I applied really through a lot of influence by my parents I didn't know a lot about the program and I was really I was pretty narrow-minded looking at just these like conservatory kind of like smaller BFA programs and um I I I applied to Northwestern Northwestern was one of the only schools you don't have to audition to get into but then you know once you get on campus there's a bunch of auditions and I had auditioned to be in the musical theater program but um I was resistant to it for a while because it's not it wasn't what I kind of had in my mind as, as the perfect fit. Mm -hmm. And then it really turned out to be quite a great fit. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sort of rambling. No, no, no. Yeah, that's great. I I wanted to, (coughs) I wanted to go back to though, cause I, I talked about this a little bit in the episode I did with Dylan, where we talked about performing and stuff and about how different the roles that we had. Oh yeah. And how we were both kind of envious of each other. Like, I was always the weird like sidekick like like often not a female often yeah sometimes <laughs> not a female some sometimes not even a human like, Wait, right what were you I mean I played I was in a Shakespeare I was in Taming of the Shrew and I played a drunk old man like I had to like mm. glue this beard to my mm-hmm. to my chin and um you know I played I played a homeless person that had no lines at all that came oh. in and like attacked people with a pole and like <sighs> Like I, I like I crashed this um this kind of event where they had like banana bread and punch uh-huh. and so the my director was just like go on and just like screw up shit. So <laughs> I just went on and I was like eating banana bread and it was like all over my face no. and like pouring you know, just like crazy. What show was that? Was that I the don't Shakespeare even think one? you saw that it was called Doggy Dog. That was my first play, I think, <laughs> at Trinity Valley. Oh my gosh. But whereas Mal was usually 
the ingenue, <laughs> the lead, the yeah. you know Cinderella and Into the Woods, yeah. Kate and Kiss Me Kate, Julie Jordan and Carousel, exactly. Yeah. And I I loved playing those like funny weird roles, mm-hmm. but I was always like, I just want to play that role <laughs> once. Yeah, of and it, it almost felt like I you know you you kind of get in your head about it you're like do i not deserve to be the lead you know or do right. i not deserve to be like <laughs> the lead in my own life <laughs> totally. but then at the same time how did you feel like did you want to you wanted to be a little weirder sometimes or yeah, yeah. well i mean <laughs> it's funny to think back because i think that i at the time didn't have the maturity to really see the value in in playing a role that would stretch me more i mean Mm -hmm. the ingenue and the leading role is tough in the sense of like what you have to do on stage and and the amount of material you have but you know especially in musical theater and especially at a high school level you don't have a director being like find the nuances in Mm -hmm. this character Mm -hmm. it's like just like sing the songs and and be at this x at this point and 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 do the thing and so i certainly remember thinking oh it'd be fun to be more funny I mean I remember I was originally going to audition for uh uh so I was I was Sarah Brown in 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 Guys and Dolls but then you wanted to I wanted to be what's her name Adelaide Adelaide yeah yeah yeah. so I remember when I auditioned for Guys and Dolls in eighth grade (laughs) I originally auditioned for Miss Adelaide because she's the more funny character Mm. but then just because of who was in the pool of people auditioning and because I had the voice type more to be a Sarah Brown, I, I ended up getting Sarah Brown and I certainly wasn't disappointed. I mean, I, I and talk about the most generic name, Sarah Brown. <laughs> <laughs> it really but is. Like, yeah. but you know what I think was so great. I think you were able to bring <coughs> a uniqueness to those characters. Yeah. And part of me thinks that's even harder. Cause it's like when you're being funny and weird, like that's sometimes almost easier because it's just like this you is just this is who I am right on, well, and, on stage and, and you got to have kind of the one or two scenes that really stole the show right and you whereas know, you like carried I just it. carried yeah. it which li- yeah, which is like our cert- life it's, it's so kind of funny. it's very metaphorical for our life how for was sure. that for you guys at the time like did you feel was that fun for you guys like were you getting along well during yeah the we didn't yeah. we didn't have any like drama yeah. and drama i think that if we were closer in age and we were more competitive True. it yeah. would have been but because when i'm a f- senior in high school and right. she's a freshman if it's she had gotten difference. the lead in the play like the it just roles. wouldn't have been right. the same right kiss me kate i was just gonna say was a great example of being mm-hmm. able to play the lead who had some humor yes because those songs and that role is very um she's very snarky and and has an edge to her and i loved playing that role because it wasn't just like oh me 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 i'm looking mm-hmm. for my love it's like right i she thinks i hate men you know mm-hmm. and she was angry and funny and yeah yeah, yeah. i'm not familiar with that show and she won so it's coming back to broadway yeah mallory oh, nice. won the betty lynn buckley award for that our Aww. local yeah that was our, our our regional awards uh ceremony or the yeah a bunch of schools entered and there's different categories it's like a mini tony awards yeah but our the year i won best actress for the betty buckley's was the first year there was ever a national high school musical awards called the jimmy awards short for the uh, jimmy niederlander i got to go to new york and be a part of like a four-day workshop where we all got to sing part of a song from the show we won for and then we learned a bunch of medleys uh, as part of like the final show and then there was a there was a jimmy award winner and runner-up and there was a scholarship involved at nyu it was nice. this whole thing and now it's big now it's like 
they do it at a Broadway house oh, wow. and televised, I think. Oh, wow. I know. I'm like, man, I wish Dang. I had one later on. Um, but but uh, listeners, this is a fun fact <laughs> of who awarded Mallory her Betty Lynn Buckley was Babette from Gilmore Girls. Yes, really? Sally Struthers. Sally Struthers. Is yeah. she from Texas? No. I don't know why she was the presenter, <laughs> but I was. we got to perform at the awards, and That's I was so walking cool. past there. I was walking in backstage, and I was like, I passed her. I was like, is that like a mom I know? Like, yeah. I just was like, I recognized her. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, that's Babette from Gilmore Girls. Right. So Sally she Struthers. handed me my award and yeah. I was like, I just accepted my award from Sally from Struthers. Sally that's Struthers. amazing. Wow. Yeah. I'm just getting over it. Did she say, <laughs> good job, sugar? Good job, <laughs> I'm sugar. Sure, I'm sure she did. <laughs> you gotta give it a little something. <laughs> I know. I almost felt a little guilty because I'm, I'm not... Sorry, listeners. I'm right. not a huge Gilmore Girls fan. Yeah, and so point of contention. Really, Monica should have been the one to accept Ooh, that award. She would okay. have been more starstruck. But it's all right. You know, we're we're over. It. But no, we're we, we never were like competitive no. in that way. I think that we've had to work through a lot of kind of older sister, younger sister yeah. stuff that I know you can relate to. Totally. That at the time is like, well, this is just how this is, and you know, now that the age gap feels a lot mm-hmm. smaller, you know, we we're kind of doing our own things and can support each other but I think I had a lot of the older sister mindset of like well this is what I do and Mm -hmm. and this is how it's done and I think also I was going to bring up that Mm -hmm. you got to see me in a bunch of stuff but I went off to college and didn't get to see her in a lot of stuff and I got to come home for a few things but you know I'm sure you know that hurt a little bit that it was was a bummer yeah yeah that I wasn't able to be there for a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. but it's okay Love you. <laughs> Love you too. Yeah, I mean, it was out of your control. It's just part of being, right. you know, the younger sibling. But yeah, yeah, and it's it's funny too. Earlier when you were saying that you really looked up to the older kids, yeah. I when I was in high school, it was more special for me to have like younger people look up to me because I didn't yeah. get that because it was it was kind of the opposite that we felt like. Yeah, That's sweet. And um, did you feel that way at all? Being because you're, I mean, yeah. you're in the middle of, of your my siblings. family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like with. I was more even thinking about soccer when you were talking about that because mm-hmm. I definitely like totally looked up to the older girls and was like, oh my gosh, wherever they're going to college, like I was just so paying attention to everything that they did. And I wanted to be captain when I was a senior. Like that was the only thing that mattered to me. Mm-hmm. And then something weird happened. I tore my ACL my junior year and I didn't Everyone end up. I know it's ACL. horrible. It's horrible. I didn't end up being captain, which like kills me to this day. <sighs> But I did feel like I still felt this like huge responsibility for the younger girls because mm-hmm. I just remember how impressionable I was at that point, and I did feel very much a responsibility to look out for them. So I don't know. I was more thinking of that because with my siblings, I think we all do different enough stuff. Yeah. I think I mean I did take dance until junior high, and so I was definitely looking up to my older sister Kathleen with that because she was always way more talented than I was with anything to do with like dance and singing. Um, Did you ever try? I, know, I saw that Macarena video. Oh yeah, thanks. Um, Wait, I think I've seen that. I think yeah. I showed it to you. Well, yeah, I mean, I lie. yeah, the hips don't lie. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it was funny because like she and I would always do dance stuff together, but I feel like we were just extremely different. Like I loved like no, I know it's like insane. It's the funniest thing. Like I just always danced like that from the time I was like a five year old. Like I wanted to do like hip hop and like whatever. And Kathleen yeah. was more into like traditional like musical theater and stuff. You were just more in your body. I was in my body. I was in my body. Yeah, there's a video of Maria and her older sister doing the Macarena, and her sister's just kind of doing it by the book. And Maria, whenever you, hey, Macarena, she's like really moving her hips. Yeah, it's gyrating in a way that's kind of disturbing. It's a gyration that I've never seen. Yeah. Definitely not in a five-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. But I have to say, like, 
I am happy that that wasn't more of a thing between us. I think I kind of realized like I'm going to step out like Kathleen's good at this. And also when that's your only point of reference, I was like, I must be awful because like she's amazing. And I feel like in comparison, I'm so bad. Right. So I was kind of like, OK, I'll focus on soccer. Um, and then Olivia, my younger sister, actually is more musical. So I think they've maybe had more conversations about where they see each other and um, they did do like choir at the same time in our high school and stuff. Um, but I kind of just didn't think of myself in the same bucket. Like I kind of was just like, I don't know, like I'll just focus on the soccer stuff. And yeah, yeah I don't kind of lean into that. Yeah. There is a sad story though. And you can cut this if you need to, no, but I feel like this was one of the first times that I was like, okay, Kathleen's better than I am was we both auditioned for this show Charlotte's Web when we were so young. Like I think I was maybe in kindergarten or maybe younger and Kathleen was in first grade and yeah, so it must have been kindergarten and first grade. And we went to the auditions, went through the whole auditions. Great. My mom gets a call. Kathleen has made the show and I have not. And so my mom kind of has to break the news to me. Like Kathleen's playing a lamb. Um, <laughs> a lamb. Um, She's lamb number two. No, yeah. she like was. Like she literally was like lamb number two. <clears throat> and I unfortunately was not cast. Um, so my mom breaks the news, tells me kind of like who's all playing what and like whatever. So I, I cry. I'm definitely sad about it. She says I go off by myself. I kind of think about it for a while. Come back to my mom and say, what about a chicken? They've got to need a chicken. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> trying to cast myself. Trying to, cast yourself. Oh, yeah. trying to create a role. What did Mama Lamani say? She said it was like a really sad moment for her. And yeah. she had to be I like. Mean, that would break my heart. No. She was like, they don't, they don't they need don't, a chicken. Their chicken wasn't on the cast they don't, list. Yeah. They don't need a chicken. Yeah. Wow. So I think that was the start of, you know, the beginning of the end for me where I was like, other people are better at this. And honestly, I'm fine with that. I just redirected my energy. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I could see how if both of you are doing it, it would be harder. I think like it was almost a self-protecting thing to be like, that's your thing. I'll do my own thing. Like, you know. Right. Yeah. You kind of differentiate in that yeah, way. Yeah. I think the age thing was huge. Um, But I wanted to ask you. So Mal kind of talked a little bit about Northwestern and how that came about. Mm -hmm. But um, was that always... Was that your dream school? Was that what was kind of your... It wasn't. And yeah. I think part of it was because of soccer because I thought I would play at a school that was like very good academically but wasn't that good at soccer. Um, <laughs> but then, I don't know, I kind of was like, wait a second, I'm not going to play soccer in college. So I just applied to like literally 15 schools and was like, whatever ones I get 15? You probably had 15. I did. Wow. I think I was just... I think I was so confused and lost that I was just like, whatever the best schools are. I mean... I was a little bit more selective than that, but not very. Like, I think I was just, like, very lost. Um, but Northwestern made the most sense for me to attend in a lot of ways. Because, mm -hmm. like, I ended up studying journalism. And um, I feel like it really did have a good combination of things that I was looking for. I wanted to study abroad. That's a big priority. Internships are a big priority. Like, I think it totally was the right fit for me. But it was kind of the same thing where I was, like, I think I see myself at these certain places. And then when I got the results back and I was like, okay, I need to decide between places I actually got into. It really made the most sense. And I had never even visited it until I knew yeah. I got in. And then my mom and I went. That's and such I was a different like, perspective. Really Once you're in yeah. and you visit, you're like, oh yeah, they Did want you go me. on totally. like an accepted yeah. students day or whatever. No, we just drove there and just like walked just around went, and yeah. talked to the, yeah, we even like went to the school newspaper staff and was like, we were, I was just like, hi, like, I'm Maria like what's the Daily Northwestern and like yeah. I don't know I feel like it was cool though because they were everyone was so nice to me and I just really liked the vibe of the campus and stuff and I was like I can see myself going here so yeah. that's kind of how it worked out um it almost felt like luck or like a weird 
I don't know, just things coming together. But mm-hmm. it, in retrospect, like it should have, I think, been my first choice. I don't think I'm just saying that to like romanticize it. I think it actually made a lot of sense for me to go there. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm very happy that I did. Yeah. I know it's funny that it's both of y'all's like, yeah, it just kind of happened. And it's like, yeah, like, it's yeah. Such a, I like didn't even I thought about applying and then I had to do extra an essay and I was like nah. <laughs> I just yeah no yeah. I, I hear that if I would have gotten in but like that's it's not like it needs to school to get into yeah no that, that's definitely true I think though like I was just so like psycho at the time and like I was literally like yell or bust like right. I don't I think I thought <laughs> I, I was bust, like yeah, yeah like I don't I don't know what I thought I was capable of but when you get like a 600 in math on your SATs like you're not getting into <laughs> Yale <laughs> you're not getting into Yale um, <laughs> But it doesn't matter. Let's all share yeah. SAT. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, One, oh, two, God, three. can we not? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I also think if anyone's, well, I don't know if we have any listeners who are deciding where they should go to college. Mm. But I think I just didn't, I think I had too much of an obsession with, like, prestige. And yeah. I think what you actually need to be doing is thinking, what is the right school for me personally? I think that's the biggest thing that I did wrong. And yeah, I fall into that with a lot of things. Like it's not just about like what the best is considered by whatever society's standards. It's the best fit. And mm-hmm. that's much more what you should be thinking about. And I, I totally think I just agree. totally was not. Definitely. I was just not even thinking about like, what do I even want to study? Like, where am I going? I yeah. just wasn't. I don't know. Do I, I don't think, know why I wasn't thinking like that. That's the think, only thing that matters. No. Yeah. I th- and I, I wonder if y'all feel this way because i'm i've just kinda, i just kind of had a revelation because my my dream school was usc in california really yeah. nice i almost went there actually yeah, yeah. wait me too really yeah. yeah but do y'all think okay so i feel like i just had a revelation about myself i don't know if this is how yeah. y'all feel but it's p- a possibility so because my dream school was usc i kind of it was kind of on paper it was like you know yes. academically challenging the music program was great like that mm-hmm. kind of thing but I think subconsciously it was always something that was kind of out of reach for me. And it yeah. was like the highest, it was, it was definitely my reach school. Whereas Belmont, I rejected for so long, yeah. even though it was perfect for me in so many ways. And I wonder if I did that, that was the way that I thought was because I, I mean, I was terrified to go to college. And so mm-hmm. Belmont was like a reality and like USC was kind of like a, a dream. So, so it was, it was more like I was, down to like talk about usc and like be excited about it because it felt almost unattainable yeah and so mm. do y'all feel that way with you know a theater conservatory or like an ivy league right do you think maybe that's why you rejected northwestern because it almost felt like oh this is this is it but i don't i'm kind of it's almost like that's, you're that's like really a love. interesting yeah, yeah it's like you're yeah. the you're the one but right. i'm scared to admit it yeah i don't because you're not what i pictured right yeah I, I think there's a lot of truth to that for me i think that i i had sort of a romantic view of of that kind of musical theater conservatory program mm-hmm. but I mean my my first choice was Michigan and I was kind of strung along by them and mm-hmm. I got waitlisted and then deferred or deferred and then waitlisted. That's wait-listed. how I was with USC I felt very strung along yeah. by them. Yeah. yeah and I think <laughs> just like a abusive like boyfriend. a lover yeah <laughs> I know yeah um Northwestern I think I just like yeah I don't know I think and maybe partially because mom and dad were pushing it so much that maybe there was a weird part of me that was like, I don't want to do what they want to do, want me to do. But then like, they're the ones who know me the best and they actually really were spot on and like Mm. that it like it had all the things that I was Mm. looking for um, as in terms of like having the the strong theater program, but also like I could take other classes and there was the sorority aspect and and like, um, 
and just being in a city that, you know, being Evanston was so great and yeah. all that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it was more that I was just so indecisive. I, and I yeah. find myself being that way to this day that it's tough for me to just hit the gavel on something and, and be, sh- and be excited about mm-hmm. it and be so sure that it's the right choice. Yeah. I don't know. What about I you? I feel like I fall into the, I've fought so hard against it more recently. I feel like I'm much more centered now, but I think especially in the past, I was so obsessed with yeah status and prestige that I was totally focused on whatever the best, best, best schools were according to, you know, us news and world report or like whatever. Yeah, like right. I think I was just like, what are the rankings? Um, and I, I totally noticed that in other aspects of life. I do think I kind of approached dating at, at one point like that. And almost like the sorority search too. Like, I feel like I was kind of seduced by like, Oh, well, what are the best sororities and like all of that. And I think, but I think you're also onto something with like Northwestern maybe seemed like more attainable. So maybe I thought that wasn't as good. Cause like I wanted to stretch myself more or mm-hmm. something or like, I also think geography was part of it for me. I always saw myself going to the East coast and kind of knew I wanted to live on the East coast after college. So I think I was just like, Oh, I don't want to be in the Midwest. Um, hmm. so I think that was part of it. But I mean, now that I know the end result, like right. it was totally the right thing. Totally. I feel like Chicago is so different from the Midwest too. Like I don't even think true, it's Chicago. True. Yeah. But still, that's I mean, true. That yeah. makes sense. So you get to Northwestern and I was really lucky because I come to Belmont and it's a Christian school. So you get to Northwestern and it's not notoriously Christian. No. But y'all both have those backgrounds. Did you like that you were kind of in the minority in that way? And was it kind of more special? Mm-hmm. Or was it hard? And did you question that? And what was that like? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I was actually surprised to find out very early on that there were a lot of different ministries, mm-hmm. campus ministries. I was like, oh, I actually have like my pick of <laughs> crew, RUF. I went to the Greek University one because um, I knew I wanted to eventually rush. And so... I met, again, kind of going back to, I met some really cool seniors and I was kind of infatuated with them and, and just feeling like, oh, these are some really cool girls that are older than me and very much seem to kind of have it all together. And mm-hmm. I got plugged in with, with their, you know, kind of community group on Wednesday nights or it wasn't even, it was, it was a larger group. It was more like kind of like a evening church service almost. And that's where I met some girls in AFE that I ended up, the sorority I ended up joining um, so for me, I, it was certainly a challenge and mm-hmm. I, for the first time in really my life, I felt like, oh, if this is a priority of mine, I really need to seek it out myself mm-hmm. and I have to wrestle with a lot of doubts and thoughts and, and, and just experiences that I am not used to, but it did end up being very special for me because I can kind of count on one hand my community of of people mostly girls who were like my accountability partners Mm -hmm. that were mostly in a fee but a couple outside that really were my go-to people that I would either go to church with or seek out for a specific kind of advice or guidance or discernment and uh it really was those people and and those few experiences that were constant throughout my time there were very much an anchor for me mm-hmm. going through the four years. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I had a really actually different experience because 
in high school, since I did go to this huge high school, I kind of was used to not necessarily having a lot in common with my fellow students. So that wasn't something I was necessarily looking for. I actually even was craving like more diversity Mm because that was actually a big reason I didn't go to Notre Dame because I was like, I don't just don't want to be around everyone who grew up the same way that I did. And um, I want to experience something different. And so that's so important. Yeah. And like, I, I just felt like that was not, I don't know, stimulating enough. So I was kind of excited to experience the diversity of Northwestern, but I don't think I really knew what that meant because I think in high school, even though my high school was like a little bit diverse, it really wasn't. And most people were Christian, even though even if they weren't Catholic, they were we had a big Mormon community. We had a lot of people who were Christian of other denominations. And so I didn't really think about how I might be different as a Catholic who's practicing at Northwestern. Mm -hmm. And so. I just didn't even really I don't think I was like prepared for that yeah because I did notice that a lot of people were asking me about it um actively like especially with kind of lifestyle stuff like I didn't drink when I first got to college um neither yeah and I also um was like pretty open about the fact that I was saving sex for marriage Mm -hmm. and that was something that like a lot of people that was like shocking about yeah for people yes it was like very shocking and especially early on I feel like people were kind of experimenting sexually and Mm -hmm. I kind of tried to like I think I also was ready to experience a little bit more danger so I definitely went to all the parties and everything like went to the frats dated a decent amount and everything but I just was you know not willing to go past a certain line for myself and so I think I was very much in the mix but people would then be like wait well why won't you go that extra step Mm -hmm. and so it ended up being a big conversation a lot and I think I did feel alone because I don't think I had much of a community I wish I would have sought that out more and I think I would have felt a little bit less weird or that I was doing something unusual um but I also think I kind of thought of my religion as something very personal and I would go to mass by myself and I very much felt like the connection was between God and myself and I actually feel like I've learned a lot from Mallory from our friendship that it can be something more communal and maybe I do benefit by just talking about it with other people and having that support because I think I always thought of it as being something more private and more um like a quiet connection between God and me um but that's Which harder too important too yeah, <coughs> yeah no yeah it's, a, it's, it's definitely a important for sure yeah, yeah. and yeah. but I do think it's really helpful and so it's nice to have other people that you can kind of feel in community with and you know, if you have a hard moment or you just want to feel support in some way that you have people that you can go to. I think that's yeah. also so important. I think that um, I, I totally hear you on wanting the diversity. I mean, I think I said this earlier, but I always was very much wanting to be in be involved with a lot of different groups of people. And I think Northwestern kind of that just came with the territory. And I loved that because I had acapella and then I had a fee and I had theater and then I wasn't as involved with or I didn't really branch out much other than the, I, I was friends with a lot of artists because even AFI was very much uh, a creative bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how I met you and that's how I met, that's how I met Maria and mm-hmm. how I met a lot of our friends that we are really still close with today. And I think for me, what was really cool about being somewhere like Northwestern is that I had kind of that group of people that anchored me, but then I was also very close with people who shared very different and very almost opposite beliefs Mm -hmm. and we would get into it and it would be very it would get very heated but kind of in a fun and productive way and we would all leave and be like I love you no matter what and I'm so glad that I now can (coughs) see this in this new light and that was really really valuable for me Mm -hmm. I agree I actually think that was one of the best things that I did feel that 
I think I was a little bit scared that people would judge me or that people would not relate to me, but I was pleasantly surprised by how supportive people were and just Mm -hmm. kind of like, okay, like I'm interested in your lifestyle. I don't necessarily share it, but I'm not trying to convince you otherwise. Like I was very inspired by the open-mindedness that I did feel like extended both to me and to them. And I think that really helped helped me be more open yeah Um, because I think think I felt very by the rules you know and at one point and then I was kind of like oh it's so interesting to just hear like okay that's how you feel why and and I think it was a pretty like intellectually free environment to kind of yeah ask each other those tough questions yeah because I think we as Christians can be really hypocritical in the way that we think that someone's not going to listen to us and like ask us questions yeah about you know because yeah. we're always like oh we need to share the gospel and we need to go and like tell yeah. people that and like but they're probably going to judge us and they're right. and it's like no it first of all it happens on both ends and if you're close open intellectual people like you can have a conversation about it and what was so cool was my first conversation with um jay ragsdale that i had who um talked about growing up southern baptist and then coming to Belmont and just certain things starting to happen, and especially even after college too, that he was talking about how the more the more like grounded he was in his beliefs, the worse he was a listener. Mm. And like I think listening is so so important. And I think about the conversations I have now with non-believers, <laughs> contrasted with how I was you know a f- you know maybe 10 years ago where I was like kind of crazy about it mm-hmm. now it's like I just kind of listen I say what's important to me mm-hmm. and try to I don't know just share what I've grown we to know is true yeah. And like, yeah. yeah you only have your own experience yes. and you have your you know whatever homework you've done or, or study you've done mm-hmm. and yes like you know the bible says like be ready for any sort of conversation and, and, you know, we are the salt of the earth and all of mm-hmm. these things. But at the same time, like I would agree that I, I wouldn't say that the more firm I am in my beliefs, the, l- the, the worse of a listener I am. But I think the stronger I feel in my beliefs and the stronger I feel like I am holding really tightly to a belief, the harder I am to, to let that go a little bit and, mm-hmm. and just, be open to what somebody else has to say and I think that I am only strengthened when I am challenged Mm -hmm. and I think so much of 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 a faith journey is by having the ups and downs Mm -hmm. and by being challenged and having doubts and there's a reason it's called faith is that we're we're I'm trying to step out more in faith and not in certainty Mm -hmm. that like it's not about what I think I know is is sure but what I hold in my heart to be true yeah. and because think about doing my best to just live that out yeah because yeah. yeah. think about how effective it is when say you're going through something really hard and someone keeps telling you well you should do this and like this is what versus someone that's just like yeah i don't know that sucks yeah. right you know and, right. and so that can be kind of applied to a faith conversation where it's like you're not you know someone's talking to you and you're not like gearing up for like this is how I can rebut this this is the verse I can use it's more like really listen and sometimes maybe you can be like well actually I think I believe this and that kind of you know helps that or you can be like yeah I don't know I struggle with that too yeah and like that's so much more unifying and honest than yeah and honest than just being like yeah well this and this and this yeah and and when you are and I do I'm certainly guilty of this when you're preparing the thing that you're gonna say Mm -hmm. next 
you there's no way that you can be listening to no. what that person's no. saying because you're thinking about what you're about to say. Right. Yeah. Say. Yeah. No, and I think also like I was always afraid to kind of separate myself from other people through my beliefs. Like I didn't want to kind of create a barrier because I think I don't know just who I am as a person. I'm a journalist. I love asking questions. I love connecting with people personally. So I was afraid of kind of separating myself or like eliminating the opportunity to have those future conversations. So I feel like if anything, the listening part is like the most important. I don't know. I don't really know what I'm trying to say other than like, I would be so much more interested in someone's life if they show me compassion and they show me understanding than if they show me preaching, you know, like I just think the best thing you can do for someone is to, yeah, really listen and and be compassionate to them. And maybe they'll just regard you as a great person and maybe they'll inquire further about how you got that way maybe they won't but like right I don't know I feel well, like I mean you're doing the best you can yeah by doing even just that I mean it's such an old kind of uh, adage adage yeah. but action speaking louder than words yeah no I mean, it's true <laughs> phone down phone down <laughs> um but yeah just the, the whole idea of action speak louder than words we I think we take that for granted but I think that is so true that mm-hmm. like if if we just give someone the benefit of the doubt and and we just meet someone where they're at that's going to make such a larger impact yeah. than having the perfect thing to say totally. that mm-hmm. might not actually be what they're looking for totally in the first place yeah so you and you can think about this for a second if yeah. you need to i want to know if you have an example of a time that your faith or your values or whatever was tested creatively so if it was Mm -hmm. tested in a story you had to write Mm -hmm. for um a publication or a thing you had to perform or write that you weren't comfortable with and kind of what what fueled those decisions and like what did you decide to compromise what did you decide to not compromise Mm -hmm. take a second yeah i can actually think of one okay do it yeah i'll be um well i do think my morals and my sense of right and wrong definitely govern a lot of what I do and what I write, even if it's not so explicit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a sense of right and wrong. I hope that every journalist is really thinking about that. Um, <laughs> and especially for so, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Maria writes for Market Watch, and that's yep. and that's very black and white. I feel like so yeah. it's, it's really factual based and definitely yeah, it's all about finance. But you know, kind of in the past, I guess like at my college newspaper and stuff, there were a little bit more shades of gray and mm-hmm. a little bit more of I actually had to make decisions that were tough sometimes. And I think my sense of right and wrong, if not religion, it might not have been like explicitly religion, but I think like my sense of right and wrong guided my decisions at that time. But I will say that there was a time when I was in my first job ever and I had to edit this piece um, that kind of came out every day. It was like a newsletter. And for one of the days, the writer decided to write it in the style of the Our Father um, but it was about like Apple, the company, and it was like kind of like replacing the words of the art father to be about Apple. <laughs> and I just felt really uncomfortable because like In the art father. Was, like, satirical or like Um Yeah. It yeah, was kind of like still our Apple, like blah blah like you know what I mean? Like yeah, it was kind of like be my name. Right. Like yeah. it literally was like replacing the words and it just really rubbed me the wrong way. Like I just kind of was like I don't know. I don't know that if this were about another religion, if we were replacing words from a Jewish prayer or a Muslim prayer, that this would be acceptable. Mm -hmm. And like, I just don't really feel good about this prayer being co-opted to be like the structure of a piece about Apple. Like, I just really don't feel good about it. Mm -hmm. And so I contacted our editor in chief and I was like, honestly, like, this kind of rubs me the wrong way. 
and he agreed which I was so like happy about and he was like yeah just tell her to restructure it and I was like okay great because I was afraid he would disagree and then mm-hmm. I had kind of put myself out there in this weird way um but I feel like he and I had like a good trust at that time and he re- he appreciated my opinion and he was like yeah like if that's your opinion as an editor let's not do that yeah and I think it's important to have people who are Christian in media because I think very often that's not a a perspective that's brought up like maybe you're the only person in the newsroom that feels that way that's a practicing catholic like there aren't that many people probably who are in the newsroom and have that voice to say like you know what let's not do that and so honestly that's like a thing that has kept me in journalism that i just feel like not that i'm have a hidden agenda to like promote christianity but i just think you need diverse voices in the newsroom and you need it's a different perspective yeah exactly and i just think it's my job to speak up and um I feel like that does inspire me to do that because I might be the only person thinking that yeah 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 and I think you know in general it it feels like Christian ideas and values are the majority but in creative settings in like journalism and in Mm -hmm. performing and in film anything it's the minority so it's like yeah it's it's hard to do that in a way that is like I mean this is totally kind of off the cuff but one of the reasons I loved Lady Bird was that it definitely was not promoting Christianity or anything. But it had those themes that made you question things. And, like, as a Christian, it was cool to see her, the final scene, her going to a church after, you know, being drunk at a party and, like, waking up and not knowing where she is. Certainly humanized it. And she calls her mom. And and it's so cool because it was up to interpretation. Because, I mean... I don't like those like fireproof movies or like you know those know. really holy He's water like, right. Well, right. when like, there is yikes, when there is kind of this underlying Christian agenda, yeah, yeah. Even even I get offended by it, and I'm a right. Christian, so yeah. it's like how do you, how does a non-Christian right. feel about this? Totally, but I mean, I have many examples, so I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah. sort of kind of lump them all sure. into one. I mean, I think an overarching thing that I've had to struggle with is is either taking a role direct. I'm, I I've both acted i'm a i'm a woman of many talents so (laughs) i've i mean i've acted i've (laughs) get out you can't make me i'm already (laughs) here um i've acted directed and written Mm -hmm. uh roles that are by no means an example of a christian christian (laughs) woman i mean i've i was in spring awakening i played um characters what you played thea I played oh, Taya, yeah. Oh, Taya, Taya. Yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. It's okay. Not Thea. Thea, short for theology. There's been a few shows that just mom and I go and dad stays at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That one, um, I mean, I, I, fortunately I haven't. I think where I would maybe draw the line is if, if I'd have to have like m- major nudity yeah. on stage. I'm just, you know, like I like minor nudity fine. Minor nudity right. fine. Like <laughs> like, like, a, like a almost a nip. Like like, like, like a quick, like a quick little nip, but right. like maybe not the double nip. <laughs> like a quick quick nip. No, but I mean I think bottom line for me every story I I think most I'll 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 revise. Most stories are worth being told. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if every story was just about a perfect Christian holy woman, like we'd all be bored out of our minds. <laughs> and I love playing a, a role that that has a, a very complex uh, history and because that's and acting. That's playing acting. Someone that you aren't exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I 
I also wrote a short film mm-hmm. that had some profanity and mm-hmm. that might not have sat well with certain members of our family, but yeah. we're over it now. And, and like, you know, I, that, that is might be truthful to the character. That is truthful to that character. I wasn't writing, I wasn't portraying a woman who is just s- cussing to cuss. Like, I, I am not about gratuitous nudity, sexuality, profanity, mm. all of that. Like, just to kind of be edgy. I think like that if... Like um, Russian Doll. Well, yeah. Just yeah. like, why? Yeah, I mean... You know, I mean, I guess it's... But nowadays, it's out, like... It's well, just nowadays it is the norm yeah. so it's kind of like yeah i, could I almost up. think people do add it to be like like i almost said you, in some i almost way. said to yeah. you guys last night maybe cut this but like would anybody at a party just like stick his hand down somebody's pants? i know i know i know yeah. that's like, really honestly disturbing and, honest, and me too like how is that not Hashtag me too. I, mean, I know right. i guess she was kind of flirting with him but right. like, kind of i know but you know we c- and like when they all <laughs> she woke was up asking for it yeah no, no exactly. i know if uh, but i do think like they add that into the series to be like ooh, like yeah like, i love let's I be edgy ironically like like the opposite of that like Anna was talking about something and I was like well you know she was wearing a low cut top or like you know yeah you're right like, <laughs> you're right she was she, you can't go she outside wearing, wearing a top like that yeah exactly. you know what do you expect a high heel right you know <laughs> high heel. but I think bottom line I mean I think that when when I find something uncomfortable mm-hmm. because now most of my artistic endeavors come from my acapella group backtrack mm-hmm. vocals check us out at backtrack vocals yes. on instagram and youtube mm-hmm. thank you monica um but you know we all come from different backgrounds and different beliefs and it really hasn't been an issue but sometimes you know if we're veering into the political i kind of push back because i say mm-hmm. hey you know i don't really want to go there i don't i think that you know our audience is pretty diverse and i just don't want to turn anybody off and I, I tend to be a little bit more guarded and and wanting to play it safe in that way just mm-hmm. because I don't like to rustle anybody's feathers. And yeah. I and I also think that I'm uncertain about a lot of things and what I believe. And so I'm not going to just take the strong stance right. when I don't know if, if I 100% am on board with this, that, or the other. And mm-hmm. so I think for me, the decision comes down to like when something really is kind of nagging at me and I'm praying about it and I'm like, why does this bug me so much? I'm just going to be honest. And I, I would hope that that opens up a conversation with the people that I know and trust and I am creating with that will lead to a conversation that is vulnerable and productive and, and respectful because Mm -hmm. I think we all have doubts and we all, you know, you with your story, like that didn't sit well with you and you spoke up about it. You know, I think that that's really admirable and I don't think enough people do that. And I don't think I do it enough, but I, I also am, I'm working on it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah. Cool. But yeah, that's a hard balance to strike because you want to be, you know, honest and vulnerable in your creative work, but you also don't want to be exploitative. Yeah. 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 Something I've been asking my guests is the difference between success and impact and how do you define success personally? And, you know, is that what is enough for you? What is, and I'm also curious to know because you both talked about being result oriented. And so, when you're creating something, are you already caught up in like how it's going to be received, how the end product is going to be and not enjoying the process of it? And how does that maybe hinder you or help you or? Yeah. I mean, I think it's really tough because I think 
I've run into this most of all doing this side project that I do called Cropped. Thank you, Monica, for yes, writing for it in the course. past. Yes. Loved it. Um, but my creative partner, Marina, and I created it together. And I think Marina is amazing at being so much more about the process. And I'm so much more about the end result. And I think that has created tension between us at times because I am so much like, well, how many people are reading this website? Um, are we going to ever make money off of it? I'm definitely so obsessed with, I don't know, like the the impact it could have, I guess, in that way. And mm-hmm. she's very committed to, well, what's our identity and what message are we trying to send? Who's our audience? And I feel like I've actually learned a ton from her mm-hmm. in that and just about like the authenticity and um, just trying to preserve your art and not necessarily making it commercial and mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with the commercial because right. I and I'm not saying that's necessarily bad yeah I mean Literally, I think honestly like, I think having both can be really good I in a too. product yeah. because sometimes you do need someone that's a little bit more practical that's just like okay but what's the future and how are we going to sustain this so I think I'm that to her creativity and I think that's why we work together well in a lot of ways um but I do think I can stand to learn a lot from her because I think it's not always about what's the most commercially effective. And mm-hmm. I think I just get very into the analytics. And I mean, my full-time job is all about how much traffic can we get and whatever. And sometimes that doesn't appeal to people's most desirable, you know, traits. Like sometimes the things that get clicked on the most are the worst things mm-hmm. because I don't know, like sometimes people want to read about sex, drugs, and alcohol and not necessarily like the meat and potatoes of like things that are important but aren't as sexy to read about so I think that's a constant push-pull in journalism because I think especially now that we're so driven by ads that are online Mm -hmm. because it's so much about how many people click and just the volume and so I think click and open rate and engagement exactly so like you have to be conscious of that as long as that's our business model and I feel like that's part of why I just want part of my life to be dedicated to figuring out what this business model is because I think that's horrible and I think if you're always appealing to the most volume that's gonna really take away from the quality so mm-hmm. um yeah and it like yeah. skews stories because people oh will yeah create headlines that are clickable and Definitely. not you read it and you're like that wasn't about that at all totally yeah. totally I mean all day long my job is to present things in different ways it's headlines it's tweets it's all of that and so it's it's a, truly like an experiment of like <laughs> what does better <laughs> really really quick um so we for this episode we're sipping on some disc insider um they're not a sponsor but maybe they will be someday i'm gonna sponsor Thanks them anyway because they're amazing yeah. they have this brunch on sundays that's amazing that i've never been to and you can actually just walk in and not have a reservation and it's insane. hangover brunch really did the job and we right. didn't even have hangovers no we, we were in bed by 11 yeah we, we we did have a cider flight though and all of the ones i tried were so we're so good, good. We're, good. we're having resolution right now which is the cinnamon one mm-hmm. yeah. um and <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Mallory. Literally, I had a star sighting, y'all. Yeah. Mal, Mal, Mal thought Mal. she saw <laughs> Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman. Okay. From afar. Sh- we should have taken a picture from of From afar, yeah. he was Keith. No, I honestly she thought just looked like it a was. kind of maybe Nicole Kidman that I just was making up in my head. As they approached and got closer, clearly she clearly. was not Nicole. And he, it was faux Keith. I mean, he, far away, it could be Keith. And then, like, you immediately look at the woman, and you're like, okay, that's definitely not Nicole, but it could no. be, like, his yeah. like, because I thought partner. It was, because I thought it was Keith, I was like, that's Nicole, but no. No. 
and then as <laughs> they, you were like, I wanted it. You were like, no, I stopped everyone so and I was like, it is Keith and Nicole. They just walked in. And then they walked in and, and he had all, he had the hair, he had the little the weird soul, soul patch. Is that what that's called? Yeah, soul, soul patch. patch. It's horrible. Um, he, but as soon as he took off his shades, it was clear that he was not Keith and my dreams And probably were like 68. That not 68. Maybe that he's 58. Uh, I don't know. He was maybe yeah. low. He's low probably 60s. like going for that look though, if we're being honest. Like yeah. his hair was straight. He wants uh, to be mistaken for Keith. Yeah, yes. he does. Yeah. So, you know, uh, we. Anyway, Christianity. Our, 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 <laughs> our, our, our dreams were crushed, but it was a it was a really funny moment. Yes. Yeah. Um, Go to Disconsider. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, I totally interrupted. Not you. sponsored. No, we were talking about influence and impact. Yes. And it's funny because, you know, you told that story about how I would say what I learned and you said what grades you got. And there's there was another <laughs> favorite of mine, um, little comparison was I had I every time it was finals or midterms I had to make like an 88 on every one to get an A like I was always on the edge. Mal could get like a 35 and still have an A. Yeah. And I yeah. always did the math. And fun. mom said, <laughs> Yeah, she did the math. I'd be like, I could get a 47 on this and still and get an A. Still get an A. <laughs> and mom was like, This is the squirrel pointing at Mallory that you know gets all of her nuts for winter and she's ready to hibernate. Gathered the nuts. Gathered the nuts. This is the squirrel. The aka got me. Her nuts. <laughs> This squirrel's got her nuts. <laughs> this is the squirrel. No comment. <laughs> AKA me that would be um, scrambling, you know, trying to find my nuts to harvest for That's hibernation. That's why your nicknames are nuts and scramble. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know us. We d- we you decided. Nuts we and scramble. We decided to switch our band name from Moser Girl to Nuts and, nuts scramble. and scramble. We'll Honestly, be on tour. I would love to come see 2020. <laughs> and it's funny because. <laughs> And we haven't talked about the Enneagram, and we don't have to because there's so much Enneagram on this podcast, and you probably hate it already. One. I'm a three. Yes. I'm a one. <laughs> she's a three. She's a one. But I Shout think. Shout out to one. I think since my wing the is reformer. three. <laughs> I, I Strong says it right and wrong. <laughs> Shut up. What did you say? Strong says it right and wrong. Ugh. I think because my wing is three, I, I understand the results thing. And I mean, there's not. I. We'll literally start working on a song and I'll already think about the artwork and when I'm going to release it and how it's going to be received and like what, you know, and I, so even I can't think about not, I can't not think about the result and I can still enjoy the process, but that's always still there. Yeah. And so I think it's impossible to not. It's hard not to, unless you have no financial reason. Like Mm -hmm. if I were completely financially set and it didn't matter at all if I had a job or whatever, like I would for sure quit my job and be like. Have you heard of Amway? <laughs> I was oh just God. thinking of the same thing. But really, like, I would, like, write creatively, and I would write poetry, and I would just, you well, know. you get a little close to the mic. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, like, know. you know, Earth has some of those realities. Like, mm-hmm. you can't Earth. sustain. <laughs> yeah, Earth. sorry, not Earth. I said Earth. America? Yeah, the society, business. Like, sure. I don't know. Like, you have to sustain something based on the demand for it. Yeah. So it's, like how can you not think of that right. i mean taylor swift must be thinking of that yeah <laughs> right well and it's but it's been so fun because this podcast is like my side 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 project so <laughs> i can solely enjoy the process that's of it. true like, like you're not trying to make money i'm not this. thinking yeah no money no like it's gonna blow no up money, like no problem it's literally just been like fun yeah. and more about having conversations with people and getting to know them on a different level and but that has to happen because it's my side 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 project i was gonna say you how know? do you stay motivated then because sometimes i feel mm-hmm. like well, I'd rather just 
watch TV then? Like, right. how do you how do you stay motivated to keep making the episodes and put in the time that it takes to edit them and everything? Because I I love doing it, and that's I've good. always wanted yeah, to do no, it. That's good. And like, and it's still. I, I mean, not to be like, but it's still kind of new, right? Too so. Right. Cropped, not to not to put it down at all, but mm-hmm. cropped. Right. You've been working on for years, right, right, and right. you need True. to you need to find some. Um, I think you need to find some freshness in what yeah. y'all are doing. We've talked about this a ton, and yeah, I think we should have a, an event. But agreed. And I and I know a great acapella group who could perform. Me too. But um, I know a podcast that could sponsor them. Yeah, exactly. But I think that. Th- anything that's new is exciting and then it's true. about sustaining it and finding the variety that's true and seeing it. how long am i going to do this and what's my end goal and yes. whatever yeah but. and i also think about the people we we hate when people are like that are so successful now that are like yeah i didn't even think about acting and i just like oh god i just had to do this play and like got the lead and then like, how does that ha- like do you think that's real i, I mean it happens I think yeah it happens. Sure happens. and it's like for, number one that's not a good story and number two right. like i i don't want to like champion someone and some people are just naturally talented and got lucky and that that's great. But I would so much rather champion someone that has been trying to be successful at it. And that doesn't always mean that they're focusing on the process. They're focusing on the result too. Right. Yeah. Um, what do you think though? Yeah. I mean, I think that for me, I joined backtrack, uh, in 2014. And at the time we were just making YouTube videos. It was a fun, side project while I was auditioning for other you know creative endeavors so I moved to New York to pursue acting and performing and I was doing that whole grind and for me backtrack was a way for me to get to create for fun and as just a completely side hobby we were making monthly videos they formed a channel and the channel kind of took off and I think at the time there were maybe 40,000 subscribers and I was like that's not even a number I can even really fathom that would come and watch a video that I'm in. You know, I've like posted some fun, silly things that maybe get, you know, 10, 20, 30 views. And so the idea of get being 10 feet. Well, <laughs> I don't like on iMovie. Well, like on iMovie, like, <laughs> right, right. Or just right. like, this is me singing at a concert. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, it was like, oh, this is a way for me to just be able to, you know, have me singing. Have more eyes on me. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I I joined the group. You know, I would go in. I would learn my part. It was such I an would, online platform. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It was truly a side hobby. And I was still very much focused on my auditioning and, you know, my Magnifico Giornata and my Stonewall Sensation. I had a lot of irons in the fire. But for me, Backtrack was a way to just have one other thing going. We did a couple live videos. We actually went in and rehearsed and learned a full song and did a video all in one take. Um, And then it just kind of snowballed from there. We started getting requests to perform live and I've kind of evolved as the group has evolved. And for me, what started as a side hobby is now my livelihood. And so I am always thinking, how can we be changing and adapting to to the demand. We talked about supply and demand and like what is what is out there that people want. We're trying to stretch ourselves creatively and and give ourselves different opportunities that challenge ourselves artistically. And so, you know, we're kind of working on a new video series that's a little different than what we're used to just to kind of flex different muscles, but at the same time, we've got to do what people are paying us to do. And so, it's this balance of like I need to pay my bills and I need to do what people are asking for, but I also 
need to do what I know I'm called to do and what I know is a really strong I need to do what I know that I'm good at mm-hmm. and and what is a passion of mine I think that's an important balance to strike as a performer because it's like I could go up and have a show and perform all new really you know moody songs that I want to sing because yeah. I'm in that mood and I just want to do that but that's not going to connect with people and so it's kind of finding that balance of like this is what an audience wants to hear and this is authentic to me mm-hmm. but maybe it's not necessarily exactly what I want to do well yeah and I think that like for me I've been trying to rack my brain a lot about what can we do that marries my theatrical and kind of performance side with the acapella stuff. Cause mm-hmm. like, I just, I mean, I never thought I was going to be a professional acapella singer. Like mm-hmm. that is just something that really just kind of came to me as the group started to develop. And I kind of took an open, an opening and, and ran with it. And I think that's, that's like something I would say to anybody pursuing anything is like, find the door that is open that aligns with what you were already doing and trust that because mm-hmm. it not your future is just not going to look exactly the way that you picture it. Okay. And so I think like for me, okay, how can I capitalize on my strengths and capitalize on the things that people are telling me are working mm-hmm. and, and marry those two. And so that's why we're doing this new video series. Um, it'll be coming out soon. It's called E flat harmony. Check it out. <laughs> um, but, but there's sort of like, this this marrying of what I know is working and what I know I'm going to stay up late at night doing like you love yeah. doing the podcast you're going to stay up late editing it right I love editing videos that mm-hmm. we do I love kind of brainstorming and 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 watching things that are a little bit more you know kind of these variety type shows and things that like people are being creative and unique about what entertainment is mm-hmm. and that's what that's what we're trying to do yeah Yeah. I also think it's about longevity because you have to support yourself you know long term and I think that's something I try to think about like I can either knock myself out of journalism if I want to like only have a job that's reporting on Mm -hmm. you know things I care about or I can say I'm going to set myself up for a long career by paying off my student loans getting a little bit of a good savings cushion under me and setting myself up for longer term success so I think it's kind of like you said, supply and demand and just survival, Mm -hmm. you know, like you kind of have to hopefully not sacrifice, but you have to think about that. I mean, it's either everyone has to pay the bills, Mm -hmm. right? So like, unless you're completely uh, not reliant on money, then you probably have to. And I think it's, it's such a unique, um, it's such a unique thing when the demand and the supply like line up, you know, what people are demanding is exactly what you want to supply. Right. And that might happen a few times in your life that's right. not gonna happen all the time no and, and it's about not being that's okay and it's <laughs> yes. not being like yeah. romantic about mm-hmm. it's not being unrealistic about yeah well this if i am so passionate about this then like this must mean this is what exactly mm-hmm. what i'm supposed to do it's like well it might it might be it might be that but a little bit of a different way yeah. than you think yeah totally um, but then maybe I'm if you set your <laughs> but then if you set yourself up for success in a certain way maybe you're 75% of the time doing the stuff that pays the bills, but then you get that 25% where you're like, this is purely for passion. And if I hadn't done the other 75%, I wouldn't be able to do this 25%. So I think like the net positive is worth it. Totally. And I think for us, like we definitely have, have started to up our standards and our, and our kind of minimum, you know, we, we, we constantly check in about, okay, we're not going to do a gig for this, 
you know, we're not, we're, we're going to only do gigs for this minimum amount of money or if it's this amount of travel, like we, we have to weigh all those factors, but you know, believe in your product. Yeah. Well, and yes, but in the value of what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to set the value, but also it's a little bit of a slower time for us right now. You know, maybe we're going to take, you know, little Bobby's bar mitzvah (laughs) for a hundred (laughs) bucks in the city because that's going to help us. That's going to help us pay for a hotel for a thing that we care about. It's like, it's, it's just, it's a constant weighing. And I think that we get questions all the time that are like, well, what about this? And what do you charge for a gig? And what do you do? And it's like, I'm like, do you have four hours to sit down and talk about it? Because all the nuances it's all over yeah. the map. Like we've done gigs for $500 and we've done gigs for $5,000. Like it's all a game of like ups and downs. And like, for me, it can, it can be exhausting, but it can also be really exciting and mm-hmm. exhilarating. And I'm, I'm always trying to find the positive in that of like, this is worth it because I'm learning so much and I'm, I'm like, going to take this into whatever I do with such a like a, a perspective that not, like not a lot of people get to have and I'm mm-hmm. trying to treat it as like a true blessing that like I'm able to really control not control I'm able to really steer a lot of what what I get to do with my life and it's it's really exciting yeah um kind of a final thought I want to say something that I really liked that we talked about at um folk in east on Friday yes Sponsors. shout out to folk yeah Sponsor us. Really great restaurant. <laughs> really um, great egg white uh, margarita. Um, tequila <laughs> drink. Something. Something. It was pink. We love that. Pink so. cinnamon. It was nice. great. Um, was we were talking about validation versus affirmation. Mm. And I think I've never really thought about that distinction before. And I think seeking affirmation instead of validation is so important because seeking validation is placing the value of yourself in someone else and how they view you and trying to impress others trying to you know gain something from them that you think that you need Mm -hmm. whereas affirmation is seeking to be affirmed in something that you already believe about yourself Mm -hmm. so you in performing and creating and writing and all that stuff like you need to believe in the value of it yourself and I don't think seeking affirmation is a bad thing and that can be kind of the the good coalescence of the end result versus the process you know mm-hmm. it's Agreed. like I really love this and I really hope that you do too because I'm really excited about it and I think it has value instead of oh I think these people are really gonna like this so I'm gonna write this song or this mm-hmm. piece or perform this certain way because I think it's gonna be received well yeah. so I think it's marrying those two is kind of where maybe our the biggest yeah value of our work comes from I also think like that also puts the responsibility on the people who are consuming it to really tell the creator, like, this was amazing. This really touched me. Mm-hmm. I think, like, if you ever have a doubt, should I let this person know that I really enjoyed whatever it was or not, just do it. Because, yeah. like, it really, I think, I mean, mm-hmm. I subsist on those nice comments, mm-hmm. you know? Like, even if totally. it's not money, like, if it's just someone saying, this resonated with me or I really enjoyed this, like, that can really keep you going, you know? And I think, yeah. like, Is it hard for y'all to receive compliments, though? Because it's... It's hard for me because I never I I always want to make sure that I reciprocate that gratitude and sometimes yeah. I feel like I don't and it's not because I don't feel it but it's just because it's uncomfortable. I don't know if y'all feel that way or. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I think my personality is such that I am pretty good at taking it and 
I feel weird. At, I feel weird <laughs> saying that weird because I'm like, I know I I'm wish amazing. I was yeah. No, I, I, I wish that I, I mean, I don't wish that I, but I, I guess I have learned to know the difference between a, that was so great. And, and like a, Hey, you did this really well. Yes. This, a very specific this. compliment right. yes. or a specific affirmation. Like mm-hmm. I, we were talking about this the other night that like, when I have people in my life that I know and trust and that I have confided in about certain things and they say something that I believe about myself, mm-hmm. it means so much because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, one, I'm not crazy in thinking that yeah. this is a strength of mine, but two, that like, you know, that, that you went out of your way to say something that is not just like, Hey, that was really good. Hey, mm-hmm. really good show tonight. Or like, Hey, love that Ariana Grande song. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, Oh my gosh, I know you've been working on this part of your voice and that sounded so good tonight. Yeah. I like my friend Austin will say, like, he'll come to uh backtrack shows. He was a member of Backtrack and he'll be like, Your belt at this point sounded great. And that like means so much to me. You know, that's one example. Another example How can is you be a better friend though? Cause like now I'm thinking, like, well, if I don't have the expertise to necessarily tell you But you tell me that you affirm me in other ways. Okay. Like not even just totally selfishly. I'm just trying to think like if you don't necessarily have the expertise to be like Monica, your song. Or well, like Mal, for example, like okay, I um, I judged. <laughs> I'm really good at judging. <laughs> no, but I judged this competition. You're you're an ENTJ, yeah. Irish Briggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I um, we did this com- we did this festival a few weeks ago, and I was one of a few judges that gave live feedback, and uh each group performed and then the like spotlight came on us and we all had to say something like positive and negative. And it's all about thinking on your feet and, um, kind of saying something constructive and a couple members of backtrack and like a couple other people that I was just mingling with in the hotel were like, Hey, great job judging tonight, which is so funny. It's like, you were really good judge, but it's true. They were like, they, they said something specific. Like you, you did a great job calling something specific out about the group and and naming a positive and a negative or something you know and and for me it was like okay thank you like I I thought I was doing that but it's great that you picked up on that too Mm -hmm. and that just means a lot Mm -hmm. when people do that so finally um I want to do plugs wait can I say one more thing about validation versus oh yeah sure um I also think I've been thinking about this a lot because as performers when you're auditioning and when you're doing kind of that life auditioning feels a lot like validation that like I'm going to go into this audition and sing my 16 bars. And if I get a call back, that's validation. And it's like, Oh yeah. It, you I know, feel like you never, you never feel less confident than in an audition. Yeah. yeah. And for me, like I started to kind of turn that negative voice off that like, just because you know, maybe because I get a callback or because I get something like it often has so much more to do with other things other than it has so much more to do with things that are out of my control than the literal 30 seconds you saw in the room. But I think that for all you performers out there who are still grinding it out, which so much respect to you because I'm doing a whole different beast and it comes with its challenges, but you guys are out there like, slogging it out every day and I have so much respect for you the more that you can change your mindset to like you know to just affirming yourself that like I got up I did this audition 
and I know that I nailed it no matter what. Like if you can switch your mindset to that versus like whatever the person behind the table makes a decision one way or another, like their validation is not what you need to to continue on. And, and, but like for me, I, I'm doing something different that is more, is a little bit more black and white because it's more of a business versus like just me out there kind of like trying to fit myself into something that there's so many things painted yeah yeah totally so I don't know what the the (laughs) thesis is with that but yeah so our final segment I've been doing is plugs which you can think about this for a second but anything well first you know you can say your things that you're working on that you're excited about just like a quick um this is the Instagram handle, you know, that kind of thing, Twitter oh, yes, handle, whatever. The plugs. But then also plug um, either an album, TV show, a movie, an artist, just anything that you're currently excited about. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm Maria Lamagna. <laughs> Lamagna is like lasagna. Yes. It's she is a, <laughs> she is verified on Twitter and oh, I feel wow, really cool when she you. likes my tweets. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. But I've actually pulled way back on both. So I really don't tweet or Instagram that much. But maybe I'll get back to it. Um, And if you're interested in Cropped, uh, which I didn't talk that much about. But it's my little side project that is basically stories of people in their 20s beyond their sort of curated Instagram feeds. You'll see the real stuff um, from, you know, breakups, moving across country, all different cropped. kinds of things. That's wearecropped.com. And you can also find us on Instagram at wearecropped. And we're about to amp back up. We've kind of been on hiatus, but we're getting back into it. Um, as far as things that I'm interested in, can I just plug going to therapy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to plug. Wow. You just stopped anything that we could say. Okay. I'm going right. to plug <laughs> therapy. And furthermore, hashtag therapy. Hashtag therapy. furthermore, it's hard to find a therapist. I'm gonna so I'm going to tell artist you. Therapy. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to tell you right now what you should do. Go to your insurance if you have insurance. Look up who's on your insurance. Read their bios. From there, you're going to kind of date. You're going to give everyone a little bit of a trial. Maybe have a Treat it like Tinder. Treat it like Tinder. Have like a one or two. Maybe, honestly, I would call three people. Have a little intro. Talk with them. Whoever you felt the most comfortable with that's who you're going with. If you don't have insurance, then it's going to be a little bit harder, but I'm really interested in some of these newer companies like Talkspace and isn't there a new one that's like BetterHelp? Yeah, I think I don't know the names, but I know what you're talking about. But like there's definitely some newer startups mm-hmm. that are like willing to help you and I would pursue some of those options. Um an alternative is to go to a psychiatrist who's an actual medical doctor and ask them to refer you to a therapist, which they will do. Um, I just feel like people who want to go to therapy don't know how to actually go from point A to point B. And I'm telling you right now, that's how you do it. It's very hard or it's easier when I'm telling you what to do. But I, when I was in a crisis, I didn't know how to do it. And I'm telling you now, that's what you should do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I literally, cause I, snaps for that. I just Thanks. knew people go that to went therapy. to therapy. Literally everyone can benefit everyone from can it. Benefit it doesn't from mean therapy. that you're weird at Even all. if you're perfect, you think you're perfect. Yeah. Um, everyone go. I like asked my friend that I knew was in therapy where she went and then I looked up the profiles and literally there was, I mean, there was obviously more deeper reasons why I picked this one person, yeah. but she said she also, she loved the TV show Parenthood. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll done go with her. <laughs> it was a quick, easy decision. Yep. My name is Mallory. My last name is Moser. <gasps> <laughs> my, my Instagram, please follow me. I'm almost at 2K. <laughs> oh my God. Mom. <laughs> the 
hashtag validation. Oh, but also jealous. <laughs> yeah, but like I wish I had that. Many um, kids. most of my followers are under sixteen, so uh, hashtag acapella. <laughs> uh, sh- shout out to her lovers and also her haters. <laughs> Truly, um, my handle is Mallory M A L L O R Y underscore Moser M O S E R. You can also follow Backtrack Vocals. They're also recently on Spotify. Yes, we are on Spotify. We're on all things music. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes. I don't know that I could top <laughs> hashtag therapy. Right. Sorry, I just don't have anything like artistic I'm into. No, but that's no, okay. To the concept um, of going to therapy. I, no, I love it. I um. I love how the stigma has like slowly yeah, gone Yeah, I go away. to therapy once it a is week. Like, Shout out to Janet. Yeah, it is like we love a Janet. cool thing now. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, You know, I am... I think about canceling my movie pass on the reg. However, I have gone to a lot of movies by myself this season. We're we're bringing it back. We're circling it back to the fact that we're mm-hmm. we're about to go watch the Oscars, and I've seen a lot of movies by myself, and it's been a really great way for me to just kind of like do something on my own on my own time, get my popcorn, get my diet coke, just like experience a movie the way that I want to experience it because I tend to as a one Enneagram I like to control the environment around me and if someone who's going to a movie with me is not gonna experience the movie in the same way that I am I'm just gonna get annoyed so like why don't I just go by myself so I do so I want to shout out movie pass I want to shout out going to movies supporting movies um I had one other thing but I forgot it it's okay um I totally piggyback on that. On the movies. Because I was going to give up on MoviePass, but they've kind of figured out their shit. I, yeah. I've seen the past like four movies on MoviePass. Yep. And I also plug going to movies and concerts on your own if you're not going with someone that's yes. excited. Because I, you know, it, you feel a little self-conscious. You feel a little weird about it. But mm-hmm. you also feel kind of giddy. You're like, I'm doing this on my like, own. Um, it's yeah, it's kind of a fun cool. yeah. experience. Yeah. I also have been trying to read more and mm-hmm. just like Mon-, Mon and I have talked about more like just not getting in bed with the computer or the mm-hmm. phone like just like get in bed with a good book. It's a great way to unwind and it's a nice escape too. I want to read more it's fiction. An escape. Yeah, yeah, and it's an escape and it's also just a, a good thing for your vision and your brain before you go to bed to I've not also be been listening a to a lot of pod- yeah. I've also been listening to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, any podcasts you want to plug? Uh well, arm, I mean, you probably already do this armchair expert. Armchair expert. I also binged uh, uh, Dirty John. So good. Which was both I'm of y'all's. Christopher Gofford. I love a good murder mystery. Mm. But I love. I, I did you listen to Dr. Death? No, no I, I need to. to I haven't listened to it. It's a great way for me to spend my time when I'm on a run because mm-hmm. I get tired of like music. I love yeah. music, but like right, playlists, but it's, but it's a good way to engage my mind while I'm running. And one thing we've talked about is um, the Daily New York Times. Mm. I'm Marco Polo Polo. And yes. this is the Daily. Feeling. So are you saying that Terrorism. you couldn't believe that <laughs> this happened because you weren't sure if it did? And then they would respond and he would go, hmm. <laughs> the very assertive. I don't <laughs> listen to it. I'm such a I, I will. C- I will semi plug the daily. Yeah. I am partial more to NPR up first. Wait, yeah. I'm gonna plug. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm gonna plug my at home workout videos. Oh please, listen, plug guys. Shanti. Shanti, love insanity. I have his videos because someone gave them to me off of a hard drive. So maybe that was illegal. Oops. Um, Pop sugar. Pop sugar fitness. Also, a self. Free. Listen, listen, free. free. Just subscribe or don't subscribe to the YouTube channel Pop Sugar Fitness or Self. They have great thirty-minute high-intensity interval training. That's Hit H I T 
workout. H-I-I-T. H-I-I-T. H-I-I-T or Tabata. They're great. Um, high in Tabata. You Tabata Tabata is like the like twenty seconds off, ten seconds oh. off. It's like it's high into it's Inter- another bowl. word kind of for like intensity okay. training, I think. Yeah, it's great for balling on a budget. Balling on a budget, like you get look great. I can testify. Yeah. I, I look I, great. I, thank you. Affirmation. We oh, love affirmation. She does look great, but also she is great about doing that yeah. because if I do a video at home, I'm like, mm, like I have to go to a class yeah. and like I need someone to tell me to do shit in person. But if you have a great living room as we do in mm. Brooklyn and you're on a budget and you don't make a lot of money, get on that YouTube grind. I've heard good things about yoga with Adrian. I've also heard YouTube. great things about yoga with Adrian. So check her out too. We do that. I don't know Adrian, but I'm gonna she I'm gonna get great. to know her soon. I love these pugs because they're so diverse. Sorry, sorry. Scratched <laughs> TV, movie, podcast, uh, therapy, and Shanti. <laughs> I love it. And yoga with Adrian. No, I love it. It's so unique. Yep. Yeah, plug plug going to movies by yourself, plug going to therapy, plug going to concerts by yourself, plug Shanti. Mm-hmm. Um I will plug I had one in my Oh oh we took them all. No no no. I will plug uh, two things. With the Oscars coming up, um, it's been kind of a disappointing year for me personally, yeah. for, for them, for kind of for everybody. I would plug seeing eighth grade. Because I was it, just yes. thinking about it. Because it didn't grade. get shit. It's very good. And it makes me sad. And I mean, as we can all t- attest to, eighth grade was the worst. And it yeah. just depicts it in such a yeah, such a brilliant great. way. And the one that's so incredibly too. funny. Ugh, I know. I mean, Although, thank God we did. Right. Thank God we didn't have Snapchat though. Oh I know. my gosh! It made me. S- yeah, goodness. it made me so thankful not growing up with a phone, like not having a phone until I was me a teenager. Too. Yes. Um, like a teen teenager. Um, I had a phone, I think, in seventh grade, but I only had. Snake I had a flip phone. And yeah. texting. Yeah, we yeah. didn't even have apps. And I didn't, I didn't have an iPhone have until I was a junior in high school. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have it till college. Yeah. End of college. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's really cool because you can relate to it even if you're in this generation just be of the <laughs> with the pool parties and the classes and the boys and everything. Mm-hmm. But it it makes you thankful not growing up in that phase, but also having sympathy for these kids that are growing up that way. Yeah. So plugging eighth grade and then also gonna plug Brave Town's EP. Um, Jay Ragsdale was on the first episode and when we recorded it and hadn't come out yet, I hadn't heard anything of it. And it came out on my birthday, so happy birthday to me. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome, and I just love it, and I can't stop listening to it. Also, their EP, and then also my friend's song called An Ocean by Kayla. Her last name is Caballero, but she did Kayla McHale. That's her middle name, M-I-K-A-L. It's called An Ocean, and it's very, it's just like the most cathartic song I've heard in a really long time, and I can't stop listening to it. So, What did we listen to while we got ready yesterday? We listened to... Lizzo. <laughs> we don't need to plug her. She's doing great. Well, I, I do want to <laughs> hear. Can we listen to her in the car? Oh, absolutely. Way, yeah, so we then. listen to my Galentine's playlist, so I'll also plug my playlist that I make. Galentine's included Juice by Lizzo, which has been a jam for sure. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on the show, guys. Thanks for Thanks listening for to us. I love that. Thanks for listening. Should we close it out how we started? I'm off the deep end. <laughs> Watches a diamond on the voice the ground. Yeah. <laughs>
they should have cast me in Maria. Charlotte's Web. <laughs> Not that you could sing like, like this. Do they guys. need a chicken? Yes, they do. They, they need. need I need you as my chicken. I've been waiting 20 years to hear that. Oh my god. It's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs>